0: I said, Well, hell, I got it going on then.
1: All right, everyone, welcome back to the Reload Podcast. My name is Kyle Boone, and Ragu, I'm out of breath, dude. I am so out of breath. I just got back from running a victory lap. Uh, DeAndre Glass just committed Monday Monday afternoon, and uh, we called it. We called it. We did. Long. Not to brag. Yeah. But we did. Not to brag. Uh, been, been running victory laps around my house all afternoon. <laughs> uh, feeling good about it. Uh, we're not going to bury the lead here. This is the big news of the day and end of the week. What was your uh, what was your takeaway? The Andre Oklahoma State. He's the highest ranked commitment of uh, OSU's t- 2019 class now.
0: Yeah, it was awesome. You yeah. and I kind of talked ourselves into him committing about I want to say like a week and a half ago, just from stuff we'd been hearing and just kind of the way things were shaking out with Alabama and uh, Miami and some of the teams that were in the mix for him. Yeah. We thought Texas could still be a major player, but I was going to be really disappointed if he picked Texas because I had made up my mind that he was for sure coming to Stillwater. (laughs) So I was almost like more relieved that we were right. And then I celebrated later on because I started to get kind of worried, especially when whoever that was that was standing up there with him kind of was like grabbing the Alabama hat a little bit. Yeah. I think that was uh, his little brother. Yeah, I was like, please don't go to Alabama, but I know. Um, my heart kind of
1: jumped a little bit.
0: Yeah, but it was awesome. Once it kind of sunk in, when I was, you know, I kind of exhaled. I was like, yes, and then, then I started celebrating. Uh, did some vi- victory laps around the office. Oh yeah, Uh-oh. up and down the stairs. But you know, <laughs> you know, um, it's it's awesome. He he kind of just puts a bow on the class that people were and i know we're going to talk about that more later but really down on but when you get a guy of this caliber yeah. at a position of need because you're losing justice hill and jd king right it's pretty awesome yeah
1: it's it's uh it's a huge get especially at this uh juncture in the cycle i thought it was really cool how he committed to like obviously it's pretty stereotypical like oh oh cool you're on espn and and uh he gave the kind of uh cliche speech about i want to thank god, i want to thank my family, i want to thank all my coaches uh for putting me in this position blah blah but he he actually opened up and was pretty sincere talking about you know how how he lost his grandma a year ago and um how he he plays for her and feels like uh, she's watching him from above and it was really cool and he actually cried on on ESPN which like you you don't see that often which is kind of cool to see someone act human as an athlete on ESPN and, um, and then kind of went to the hat ceremony, ended up picking the Oklahoma state hat and uh, leaving Baylor or not, not Baylor. I'm watching the Baylor basketball game, leaving Texas and uh, Alabama on the table. I thought it was really cool the way he did it because uh, most of the time it feels kind of inhumane and um, non-relatable, but he was, uh, he was, he was, very sincere and it was an interesting sneak peek into kind of his personality.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you touched on the sincerity of it because, you know, a lot of people, us included, he's going through this whole process and he's keeping Oklahoma state in his top two and his top three unofficial, you know, but it sounded like he was, you know, starry eyed for these blue bloods, right. having Alabama at the top. He, he, Really wanted it, seemed like he really wanted to go there. Then Trey Sanders commits. They've already got two guys coming there, two five star guys. They've got a loaded backfield already. And to see him, you know, show some emotion like that, do the fake Alabama hat, grab the Oklahoma State hat, start talking about, you know, going and win the Heisman next year and winning some games for Coach Gundy, it that was cool to see because it kind of sucked feeling like we were second fiddle and we were kind of the consolation prize, right. But when you see him talk like that, and you can tell he really means it, and he's excited about coming to Stillwater, um, I thought that was really cool, and that was something I didn't, I wasn't expecting. I thought it was just going to be another kind of like you said—you don't normally see people get that emotional and cry or something like that. Right. But I thought it was just going to be a hey, you know, throw the hat on and you know, take some pictures, smile. But he seemed like he really cared, and he seems. Passionate about winning football games for oklahoma state
1: yeah it was cool it was cool um <clears throat> before we get to more uh more glass stuff and then more recruiting class rankings i want to get to uh our ad read we want to pay our bills uh you may have heard <laughs> the news that there's a new tax bill in town but do you know how it affects you uh angel johnson and blasting game does so before you uh do your taxes for this uh 2018 cycle um, keep them in mind, they have a firm of 10 CPAs and 22 total employees. It's one of the largest in central Oklahoma, and they've been hard at work calculating how these new changes to the tax bill will affect, affect hardworking cowboys just like yourself. So if you got any questions, feel free to give Cameron or Evan a call at 405-224-6363, or they have a, a really handy website, ajb CPAS. Dot .com Uh so back to DeAndre Glass, you know, we talked about how he was emotional. Um he cried, he he actually stole the reporter's uh, microphone, yeah. which was which was kind <laughs> of a boss move. <laughs> it, it was it was cool and I think he had good intentions, but the girl was just not having it. And so it was like it was kind of awkward because she she didn't want it she to happen. She should let go of it. I know. I don't I don't know what she was expecting him to do like um yeah, I don't know, but Anyways, that was cool, but he said some really interesting stuff al- along with um, crediting his grandma and saying that you know he was thankful for the coaching staffs who got him there, the ones who recruited him throughout the process. Um, he made some pretty bold goals. Not only did he say he wants to win a natty with Oklahoma State, which I guess that's your goal if you're a high school recruit no matter where you go. Uh, he said he wants to win the Heisman as a true freshman so uh my question is he gonna play next season yes <laughs> are you I sure think so.
0: <laughs> I think he is I, I don't know if he'll get enough car- get enough carries to win the Heisman but I think he's gonna play if if obviously if justice Hill was coming back even if JD King was coming back and not justice I'd probably lean more towards him redshirting yeah but i I think he's gonna play unless the only way I could see him not is if Desmond Jackson is just a boss and really impressing the coaches comes in, you know, he enrolled early and just figures everything out. And then we haven't really seen much from uh Jamil Jeter, but if he, if he, you know, kind of blows up, I could see it. But just, if it's just LD Brown and him and Jackson needs to take a little time coming from Juco to get his feet wet, get, get in with the system and everything, then I I think glass is going to play hit his stats in high school are absolutely insane. Like, did you see all of those?
1: Oh yeah. He's, I mean, so at at a place like at Katie high school, which has produced a lot of division one talent and specifically a running back, he is the leading rusher for Katie high school and he did most of his work in three seasons.
0: So yeah. Yeah. So Hundred touchdowns, over, yeah. Hundred <laughs> touchdowns over six thousand yards yeah. in four seasons, but I don't think he played many games varsity his freshman year. No. Then he was last still a season, max prep,
1: uh, max preps all American as a true freshman.
0: That's absolutely insane. Yeah. That his this past season was one thousand nine hundred twenty four yards in thirty touchdowns. I believe that was over a twelve game span. Yeah. So that's a hundred and sixty yards a game.
1: Yeah. That's, that's insane. I think as a freshman, he had like 700 yards or something, um, which like, it's, it's pretty good if you think about it, but I'm pretty sure if you like divvied out, like how efficient he was, um, it was something like 11 or 12 yards per pop. He was just getting first downs every time he touched the ball.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's absolutely insane. So they didn't use him a lot as a receiving threat. Yeah. I wouldn't have either if he's going to rush for 160 yards a game, but it was cool in that blue gray game today where he announced that uh, all-star game. He, they were lining him up in the slot and he caught early on, he caught a pass out of the backfield and he looked really comfortable doing it. Um, the play I saw out of the slot, I don't know. I think that might've been before the game when they were just kind of practicing, but he looked good on his route running. So It looks like he is capable of doing that, but running the football, he goes once he gains speed. It takes him a minute to accelerate. He doesn't have like that burst, like Chuba or like uh, Tyron Johnson has. But once he gets up to his top speed, he is flying. He's a bigger dude, muscular guy, but he can fly. He wants to run through people. He hits the hole. He's really patient. Um he's really exciting to watch. His lateral like agility kind of like the Barry Sanders style might need a little bit of work, but he still makes people miss in the open field and he's just a freak.
1: Yeah, I An so
0: athlete. I explained him or I tried to describe
1: him um on PFB in the in the um recap for his commitment and i'm i'm no dustin ragusa but to me <laughs> it feels like he's kind of like a poor man's adrian peterson like maybe not quite the top end speed of peterson or the same strength i mean peterson comparing anyone to peterson is kind of insane honestly but um kind of in that same category and maybe like a poor man's dez roland like maybe a little bit quicker than dez uh a little bit more shifty he he's a better all around player than or at least prospect than Des. Now I I don't know if he'll get there at 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 some point. I think he will, but um I think it's pretty reasonable to expect that he's going to be really good at Oklahoma State.
0: Yeah, no, I like both those comparisons. I definitely I definitely see the the poor man's Adrian Peterson with the way he runs because Peterson can make people miss in the open field, but it not war- it wasn't those you know big jump cuts like justice Hill is doing or anything like that. And that's kind of how glass runs too. Yep. And he's just very strong. I I know a lot of people think he's going to come in and take the JD King role because that's, you know, JD King's gone. He's a powerful back. This guy's powerful. He gets in the weight room with Rob glass. He's just going to add more muscle into his frame. But I, I think he's more than just the JD King role. I think he's a complete back. And I think obviously we've got, our stud in Chuba next year who you and I would be fine with him getting the ball every play. But I think in the future when it's DeAndre's turn to take over as the number one back, he's going to be able to do it all. He'll be able to catch passes. He'll be able to bust the big play. He'll be able to get you the short yards at the goal line. I, I don't think he's one dimensional. I think he has multiple facets to his running game and running style. And I'm really excited. To watch him play I ho- hopefully next year oh yeah
1: yeah i hope so i mean this time last year i would have bet like at least half my mortgage that spencer sanders would be Oshu she started quarterback so <laughs> um you know i don't i don't want to uh spew too much praise about deandre glass but i think he's he's gonna be really good in fact um no disrespect to uh to jd king but straight up if I'm taking J.D. King or DeAndre Glass, I I would probably lean DeAndre Glass. Even as a true freshman, I think his upside is um,
0: significantly higher. No, I I, I agree, and yeah. and it's it's cool too that uh it, it's Cole Birmingham, right? That was the offensive lineman with him at KD?
1: Yeah,
0: that he's also going to be coming to Oklahoma State. So correct, it's pretty cool. He's got a teammate coming with him. Little uh little friendship coming in. That's always cool knowing somebody. But, um, yeah, I, it's awesome, man. I, I think it just really makes the, the, it bumps the class up so much and just makes me feel so much better about it that they were able to land a premier guy like this. And, you know, along with Chris and Boomer, like Anderson and some of the right. other guys, but it's just awesome that he ended up signing. And it was really cool. Like we already talked about, um, <coughs> actually watching it and his showing his emotion, but, I'm really excited for his career in Stillwater. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, the best part of all, because uh, we subscribe
1: to the recruiting rankings theory. I'm I'm being like 98% sarcastic about that. <laughs> um, OSU gets a nice little healthy bump in the recruiting rankings overall. I believe they were sixth entering the day and moved up to number five. Yeah, in the Big um, 12. And they're yeah.
0: right behind Baylor. Yeah, yeah. Like right behind them. They're basically tied for fourth.
1: yeah. Yeah, so, they're, so they, they made a healthy move, and it gives them a third four-star recruit in this 2019 class. Uh, Glass, like I mentioned, is the highest ranked of all three of them. Just behind them is uh, Grayson Boomer, and then just behind Boomer is uh, Langston Anderson, uh, wide receiver out of Texas. So a nice mm. little healthy uh, top-end uh, bunch of talent for 2019.
0: Yeah, and I think I, – I believe this is the first time they've had more than two four-stars since 2014.
1: Let's go. I love that little nugget.
0: Yeah, I I, I noticed that when I was writing something like a week ago. That's but, bigly. Yeah, and it bumps them into the 40s in yep. the national rankings. Uh, Well, I guess right at 40, so I, I almost I think they're the right 30s. at 40.
1: They were somewhere around 45 entering the yeah. day. Um, so it, it's probably going to change. Like, you know, I think r- recruiting rankings always change because there's always recruits who end up waiting until the last minute to sign. Um, and, and most of them who end up waiting this long end up committing to the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Texas of the world. So, uh, inevitably Oshi's probably going to be pushed down a little bit is my guess. But, um, overall it's, it's, uh, I don't want to say it's an improvement, but it's about what you expect from Oklahoma State in a in a recruiting class. So um, hard to have too much beef with it. I think based off uh, how OSU started its class, I think this is a a nice little rebound and a a, a nice rally to uh, to finish off the class. Now I don't think we're done with the class yet, but um, you know I think with one spot left, this is a this is about as good a recruit as you can get. Uh, if you're Oklahoma State, and they feel a need too with with running back, where they're trying to replace JD and and Justice.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's it's huge. So you said one spot left. Yes. What do you think happens with that spot? Do you think we end up landing landing? I still don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, Sony Fanoa, the JUCO defensive end, or do you think that falls through? He goes to UCF or Nebraska or wherever else he's taking a visit, and if that happens, where do you think they go?
1: Um, I would say they're probably still trying to land Sony would be my guess um, because running back was, was their biggest priority um, at this point. I think they wanted to try to get another one to add to Desmond Jackson in this class, and they did. Um, we talked about the UCLA transfer Brandon Stevens on our last podcast so if you guys ha- wanted to listen to kind of our uh, speculation what we heard about that you can you can scroll back but I think it's mostly moot at this point I don't think now that now that glass is officially in the fold I don't see uh, Brandon Stevens coming to Oklahoma State as a grad transfer so my estimation is that they probably try to use this spot for Sony. Um, and who knows if if they get it? I think they're battling with Nebraska, Kansas, some other programs, but uh, they did get some some insurance, I guess, on that front. They landed Israel Antoine this week. Um, so I'll ask you, what who is this Israel
0: Antoine guy? So he had a uh, he wasn't able to really make up his mind in his recruitment. He went. He committed to Ole Miss, which no fault of his, like we've talked about on here before. They're allowed to decommit, recommit, so it's fine as long as they're allowed to do it, whatever. Um, Committed to Ole Miss, decommitted, committed to Oklahoma State, decommitted the day before signing day, and flipped to Colorado. He said the reason why he did that is because he knew he'd be able to play as a freshman at Colorado. Oklahoma State did have some – a lot of talented guys on the defensive they lost six of them so he he probably wouldn't have started for sure and I know he started some with Colorado I think he split time with a uh an older like redshirt senior redshirt junior guy that had been in the program for a little bit yeah but but he got a lot of d- experience yeah a lot of experience played 12 games doesn't have eye-popping stats but you kind of got to take that with a grain of salt because when you watch Colorado play, they run the 3-4, so he's not your Jordan Brailford defensive end. And that was the other reason he wanted to go to Colorado. He said he wanted to play defensive end. He didn't want to play defensive tackle. Right. So he's playing defensive end, but this is a different type of defensive end than Jordan Brailford rushing off the edge defensive end. He's got his hand in the ground, and he's one of the only three linemen that they have hand in the ground on the defensive line. So he's doing a lot of run plugging, uh, taking on two blockers, trying to stop the run. And then, you know, if he can shed his guys, get after the quarterback. So it's more of like a defensive tackle, defensive end hybrid role that he was in. So I would take the, like I said, I would take those stats with a grain of salt. It's, he, he played really well. I watched some of his film in Colorado, which it was really hard to find full games of Colorado. Not as easy as... Big Dave makes it for Oklahoma State games. but um, <laughs> Shout out to Big Dave. <laughs> yeah, but he he's really strong. He put on some weight, and it looks like he actually gained a little height unless he was just you know measured wrong on the recruiting services sites. But he's 6'4", 315 now. It looks like he's going to, from everything I've seen, it looks like he's going to come in and play defensive tackle, so he must be okay with that now. But... I think he's a guy that will come in and be in the rotation right away. He's insanely strong. Like these videos I'm watching from Colorado, he's just throwing offensive linemen out of the way as a true freshman um, and hitting the running back either at or behind the line of scrimmage. Um, He's huge. Like I said, 315 pounds. But I think it's a really big get for Oklahoma State because he got all this experience at Colorado last year. He's still got a lot of eligibility left. And if he's able to get – the hardship waiver, and yep. get immediate eligibility, that would be absolutely insane. Yeah. As Cam Griff hits a deep three to put the pokes down to. Oh, snap.
1: You're, I'm on tape delay, so I, you're, <laughs> no. oh Oh, he nailed it. Oh, man, this game's over still. It's Fine,
0: yeah, they, uh, yeah, they make this free throw. Um, Decent. yeah,
1: I, th- I think that's a pretty good synopsis. Antwine, um, had actually been committed to Oklahoma State for a long time, uh, not this last recruiting cycle, but the one prior to it. Um, and ended up flipping to Colorado the day before signing day and left OSU in a horrible spot. OSU ended up getting uh, Samuela Tuihalamaca. Um, yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Dave Hunziker <laughs> would not be proud of that. But um, so ended up getting a late defensive tackle signee, which was good. Um, and I think he was he was one of two commitments on the de- defensive line. They also picked up a commitment from Brayden Cassidy, uh, a nice kid out of Texas, uh, to fill f- to fill a spot on the defensive line. But still it le- it left them in a spot where they had to go down their board and that's not ideal. So the fact that they're essentially bringing in one of their preferred targets a year later, it's essentially like they shipped him off to Juco for one year. He got a ton of experience and they did, he didn't count towards OSU scholarship count. And now he's coming in with a year under his belt, oh. a year under his belt and, um, and is going to fill an immediate need. Now, we're we're operating under the assumption that he does get granted that hardship waiver, but because Mac uh, McIntyre was fired from Colorado and because he's from Oklahoma, I would I would be surprised if he was denied that waiver. Just because I think uh, the NCAA is probably gonna smile upon that and say, "All right, well, we see what you're doing and we see the situation you're trying to get out of to join, and uh, and good on you." So we'll we'll kind of take it at that, but. We'll find we'll find that out. Um, I would imagine at some point this, probably in the next couple couple weeks or months. I don't really know, but it, either way, that'd be a huge uh, a huge get. And I still think that probably doesn't rule out OSU with Sony uh, phone. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, there. I mean, they're much different players. Yeah, uh, is quite a bit smaller than him, weight wise. Yeah, and he'd be more of your. As I was saying. Antoine's not your Jordan Brailford type guy. I think Fanoa would be more like that, rushing off the edge. But if they don't land him, there's a lot of grad transfer defensive linemen if they want to just plug somebody in for a year just to gain some depth um, that are available to go out. And and even guys in the transfer portal who'd have to sit out a year. So there'd still be some options. I think they go – D line. I mean, I mean, unless you think there's something else they might do with that last spot. No, my guess would would probably be defensive line,
1: just because we don't know of any other players that are kind of on the radar right now. Like right. I, I, would think at this point, like my my bet would be they take a linebacker. But there's there's no one on the radar now, unless uh, a random like I don't know Oregon State linebacker decides he wants to graduate and transfer and and come to the real OSU. I, I don't think that's probably going to happen anytime soon, but you never know. I think there's still going to be one spot that, even if they end up filling it with Sony, they could they could apply it towards the 2020 classes, is, is my understanding. So there's some flexibility there, just as far as what Oklahoma State could do to kind of build out its roster for for 2019.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. There's so it's even though there's one only one spot left, it's still couple things that could happen so still something to keep an eye on
1: right right uh, one last ad read and uh, I want to talk to you about Tyrant Johnson who decides he's uh, he's going to the NFL you may have heard the news that there is a new tax bill but do you know how it affects you Angel Johnson and Blasting Game does they have a firm of 10 CPAs and 22 total employees it's still growing it's one of the largest in central Oklahoma they've been hard at work calculating how these new tax changes will affect hard working cowboys just like yourself so feel free to give Cameron or Evan a call at 405-224-6363 or visit their website, ajb-cpas.com. Again, that's 405-224-6363. Uh, so we talked about Sony. We talked about Israel Antwine. The biggest news that we have not discussed, Tyron Johnson, the Swagmaster himself, is leaving oklahoma state kind of a surprise um monday was the final day to put your name in the nfl draft and um and monday he did that he announced on his twitter account that he's leaving oklahoma state he's foregoing his senior season and he's turning pro now that begs the question what what's oklahoma state gonna do i have some some thoughts but just as far as the recruiting perspective because this is a recruiting podcast uh, I got some questions about Levante Chenault and Damarian Houston. Um, we'll start with Chenault. Um, what do you, what do you think about him and OSU's chances of engaging?
0: I just don't really think they have a shot with either of those guys. Yeah. I, I mean, do you? No, I don't. No, I, I haven't don't. heard anything. I know after Houston decommitted from UT. There's nothing that I've seen or heard that would give me any indication that Oklahoma State reached back out to him at all no
1: they're both kind of in a weird limbo state because um well i i, I understand why we got this question, and it's because if you look at the two four seven offer sheet list on the website, you can see that Chenault and Houston both have offers but are not committed at this moment, but I think the the bottom line here is that Chenault um, is in limbo. He committed to Texas Tech uh, last June, decommitted uh, in December, just a, basically a week before signing day. And then Demarion Houston, more or less, did the same, was committed to Texas for a really long time, ended up decommitting. I think both are kind of in a weird spot where it's, it's possible that both just, don't end up qualifying or both just kind of were told, hey, you know, go try and find another spot because I think we're going to fill your spot somewhere else. Like, I think it's one of those situations where they don't really know what they're doing and it's through no fault of their own, but Oklahoma State's really not interested. Um, Chenault, I would say, is like in the negative chances that OSU lands and Houston is like maybe like 3%. Um, You mentioned that there's maybe some buzz that, houston could recommit to texas which would be interesting
0: yeah that's uh, just kind of some rumors that i've heard on that but nothing concrete
1: no you're supposed to say sources sources Uh, sources. yeah Yeah,
0: sources hashtag sources (laughs) Um, um
1: but i mean houston still has at least some recruiting interest and there's been some buzz about him lately
0: lately um And he's a really good player. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it would be awesome. I just don't think they're. I don't think it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I. I think the the buzz around Houston, at least from from kind of what I heard and what I've gathered from uh, talking to some people, is that there's maybe concern. I'm not saying there is, but uh, there's a there's some concern that he may not qualify, and it's possible that some of the programs just decided, hey, we're not we're not going to take the risk. We think you're a great player, but. We're gonna go with some a sure kid who's who has a three five and is for sure gonna make it to campus. Uh, Houston is a really good receiver, though. I mean he's a he's a top three hundred player, uh, the number two player in the 2019 class out of Oklahoma, just behind Dax Hill, which which says a lot. Um, and and he still has a lot of recruiting um, developments to come. He's set to visit Colorado on February first. Um, which is, I believe, the day before signing day, which is very interesting. Uh, Penn State offered him uh, just right after the first signing period. Uh, Minnesota, he, he visited He took a December. visit there, right? Yeah, and, and right after he had decommitted from Texas. So I feel like there's probably some suitors in play there. I, I don't feel like Oklahoma State's a suitor. And, and In fact, I've been told that Oklahoma State's kind of just going to stand pat at receiver altogether. They landed Langston Anderson. And uh, I, I don't think that they're going to try and take any more. I do think that the tyrants, tyrant news is maybe something that they probably weren't expecting. But still, yet yeah, they have a ton of young talent with C.J. Moore, Jonathan Shepard, uh, Patrick McCoffman, um, C.J. Moore, C.J. Moore, C.J. Moore. <laughs> um So I I feel like they're pretty good and they don't have to go press and find someone late in this process.
0: Yeah. And they're returning CJ Moore. Yes. CJ Moore, (laughs) Tylen Wallace, you know, Dylan Stoner, Landon Wolf, guys that got a lot of reps last year. Yeah. They've got not at receiver, but in the receiving game, they've got Jelani woods. Mm -hmm. They've got Grayson Boomer coming in. So there's guys out there that can make up for Tyron's production. It's, it is a big loss. Tyron's a very dynamic player. I personally really liked him because he's from my home state of Louisiana.
1: Oh, yeah. Also played at LSU
0: for a little bit. But, um, yeah, they like you said, C.J. Moore, Jonathan Shepard, they're super high on Braden Johnson, yep. who I want to see out there he's more badass, on dude. the outside. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I, he had to play inside due to yeah. a need with some of the injuries this year, but I want to see him out at the X, at the Z, Running down the field and showing off the speed that everybody keeps talking about because we didn't really get to see a lot of it this season based on the routes he was running. Yeah, but yeah, pa- I, Patrick McCoffman, I I know he was injured, didn't get to play, but that guy looks like an absolute freak in all the videos I've seen. He's like six six and very athletic, and like he said multiple times, CJ Moore, um, LC Greenwood. Trayson Wallace, if he can recover from his like seventeenth knee injury. Um, he's a good player. Yep. Helps on the inside. I'm not really worried about it. It it, it sucks losing a talented player like that, but I honestly was kind of getting worried they weren't gonna have enough reps to get some of these younger guys on the field and they would transfer. So yeah, you know, it opens up a little bit of space for those guys. Um, that I'm really excited to see to see what they can do.
1: Yeah, and CJ Moore, <laughs> uh, LC Greenwood is there too, which I think is pretty interesting. Landon Wolf, Dylan Stoner, they have Braden Johnson, Trayson You mentioned so they have a lot of of young talent. Obviously, Stoner's like going into his 18th senior season, but <laughs> other than that, you know, there's a lot of young guys. Langston Anderson who could who could maybe benefit and get some extra reps next season. So we'll be interesting to watch um ragu let's get out of here i need to run a few more victory laps before i go to bed and uh (laughs) and you've got uh you've got work early in the morning so we will reconvene at a later date unless there is news this week we will try and podcast again next week so thank you all for listening um shout out to big dave and we will (laughs) see you guys next week thanks ragu see you man okay see it